Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're answering the pool pro questions that have been sent in via poolnation.com. And I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, Blu-ray Excel, Aquastar Pool Products, and Pivot Pool Products. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm slightly confused. Are you no longer the reigning champion of Marco Polo? Before we started the podcast, John was joking around, and you should see the effort that it took me to keep everything straight because I wanted to start laughing halfway through every sentence that I was doing. I was trying to get into my zone so I wouldn't screw up that intro. <laughs> I think Jaden threw you off. Oh, he killed it. I think you're questioning, are you really the reigning champion of Marco Polo, or is maybe Jaden the real title holder? That could be it. We might need to have him do that and try it out. But yeah, anyways, I'm doing good. I've been crazy busy. And for me personally, like I only have two modes when it comes to work. I'm on or off. And if I'm off, I'm just kind of in cruise control, sailing along. I'm still getting things done, but just cruising. But when I'm on, it's a whole different story. And lately, I've just been full throttle, pedal to the metal, starting to question my own sanity a little bit. Now, why are you talking about the sanity, man? You got this. I know. But sometimes I feel like a madman. Every once in a while? Yeah, every once in a while. Just living in the chaos lately. Gotcha. Mr. Flawless, how you doing, man? Good evening. Good evening. I'm doing well. It's funny that we usually try to clue in our listeners to our pre-podcast talks let them know but i don't think i can explain that one so uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to leave it open to the imagination that is uh, it was definitely comical and i don't just don't know any good way to, to be able to say it on the airwaves so maybe when we see each other in person you can tell it then right not it's just not over the airwaves yeah out in vegas yeah not over the airwaves so, so I'm thrown for a little bit of a loop here because I usually have something where I jump in and I say that, or we talk, or we have fun. But other than that, no, I'm I kind of like doing these evening podcasts because one, it's not butt crack a morning, and I don't have a thousand things on my plate that I'm getting ready for work and things that we're doing, and, and 
trying to figure things out and I'm trying to wake up. It's not because I wake up right before the podcast, right? I'm up at five o'clock every morning. But for me, it just takes me a couple hours, three hours to like really wake up and be on my game. But in the evenings, I'm here I am, I'm ready to go. And we're talking about business stuff and some good questions that people have, have submitted. So I'm excited to talk about these and get back to some of the questions that we didn't get to on the last live and on the last podcast, I believe, too. We had a convo about it. So that's how I'm feeling. Two things really quick. One, somebody's got some fire alarm chirping in the background. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm like, you're talking, and I hear a little chirp, and then I look over, and I'm like, Zach's mic is mute. I muted mine, and I still hear the chirp, and I'm like... (laughs) He still threw it out there. I was like, someone has a fire I wanted to see if he would confess, Zach, but he he confessed. Yeah, well, I just started hearing it when we got home today, and I'll beat it up with a broomstick as soon as we're done, or when we go on commercial break, I'll shove a broomstick up it. And make it stop, you know, hit the button, whatever you're supposed to do. And then go from there. I can't get on a ladder. I got a broken toe. We're going to have to figure it out. And then also, too, if you see my face concentrating really hard during the podcast, there's a good reason for that. Hey, I was was talking to somebody and somebody said, hey, when you talk to John, can you tell him that I hope his toes gets better? Oh, that's very nice. Uh, And and you and look, I talked about it on the last podcast. And since then, you haven't said one damn word about it. Like, you don't give a shit, period. So thank you for whoever went out there was concerned about me, my friends and my brothers. Janie keeps telling me that you're a crybaby. She said, just Edgar, just leave it alone. He'll get over it. Just don't feed it. Don't feed the beast. Yeah, exactly. I called him. You did. I got a letter in the mail. I, you sent me that card too. <laughs> that get well soon. You told you to get well soon. That get well soon. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, Jeanette, how are you? Big shout out to you, Zachary Chaney. Big shout out to you out there, guys. So the other thing is I enjoy the evening podcast too, John. The funny thing is as I get older, I realize that in the morning, I just want to have my coffee and I need to have just like an hour of quiet time. And it's let me have my coffee. Let me read my news. Let me do that. And then just everybody just leave me alone. And of course, I take the kids to school. So then all of a sudden, especially Jaden, he's like wired in the morning. He comes down. He's like, oh, like he goes to open my door. And a normal person would just grab the door and go like that. He's like, bam, opens the door. Dad, good morning. And I'm just like, oh. Like Seinfeld, like Kramer. Yeah. Sliding into your room. Absolutely. You probably bring up a good point. And I didn't realize that. And maybe that's why in the mornings, I do cherish mine too, 100%, because trust me, I am the only morning person in this family. There is not a living soul can imagine. in this house <laughs> that is a morning person. And I am the alarm clock for everybody every morning because nobody will get up unless dad tells them to get up. So every morning, it's the same shit. Now, mama likes your coffee. So I'll go in there at seven o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee to give to mama. He'll wake her up. And then from there, they're knocking on the doors and yelling at the kids and, and grabbing them grabbing them and dragging them out of bed and opening up the fire hose and shooting them with water or whatever. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But, but yeah, that's what I do every morning. But from five to seven, I have just complete peace where I can do whatever I want, catch up on emails, plan out the day, figure out what we're going to get. You know what I mean? 
just a bunch of shit that I do in the morning, I guess, and do my crypto that I usually do in banking and pay bills and all that. I do that all in the morning. Nice. So Now, I'm pretty spoiled because Leanne wakes me up, but she brings me a cup of coffee every morning. See, Mama, you listening? Where's my coffee? I get the nice treatment. So we have a deal, though. She brings me coffee Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends, I get up early and bring her tea in bed. So we have that trade-off. Leslie brings me my coffee in the morning. Leslie brings you your coffee? Mm-hmm. And then do you bring her anything on the weekend? I'm sporadic. <laughs> That's him <laughs> watching the bus come towards him. I'm sporadic. <laughs> hey, Todd, big shout out to you. I could be better. You guys should see our WhatsApp right now. Like, really? You should see your, right now. Zach's sending messages to us. Really, you called me out right now. And you told, really? You just did that right now live <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> you bastard (laughs) all right guys so let's jump in here we want to talk about the pool nation awards voting is actually closed now believe it or not we are going through all the categories and they will be sent over to the people that handle the awards so super excited about that i don't know who's won yet we still need to figure that out but the list will get ready to be sent over there The awards are going to be held November 16th in Las Vegas at the International Pool and Spa Patio Expo. It is going to be huge. If you have not bought tickets, you need to go to poolnationawards.com and get your tickets there. And let me tell you, based on the list, people, it's going to be big. It's going to be really big. We got a lot of people. And you know how pool guys and girls are, right? And they usually wait till the very end to get in. We are already booked over 200 people yep. for the award. So, and we have a capacity, folks, where I think the ballroom will only hold 300 total. And there's going to be a certain point we're going to have to make a cutoff because we need to order enough food for everybody, right? We, we can't just wait and assume and throw away X amount of food. So if you guys need to get on there and do your thing, get your tickets because they are selling out quickly. And the other thing we want to mention, it is a gala event. So suits and ties for the men. Can I give you a timeout? Timeout. Because Leslie over here is going, I have to give Zach a jab to get him to turn off his alarm in the morning. So he's not like John. <laughs> There we go. Well, I set my alarm to wake her up so then she can wake me up. Oh, that bus and came. And the truth comes ba-boom, out. Boom, boom, boom. I appreciate that, Leslie. You know what? I'm becoming a fan. Keep them coming. Gala event, which means suit and tie for the gentlemen and cocktail dresses for the women. We also want to take a second to thank all of our sponsors for the reward. Our platinum sponsor this year is Hasa. Our gold sponsors are Blu-ray XL, Heritage Pool Supply, Natural Chemistry, the SPPA, Leslie's Pro, Ultimate Pool Tools, and Aquastar Pool Products. Thank you so much for your support. And we want to also thank the International Pool and Spa Patio Expo for hosting the awards, for working with us. We really appreciate that. John, the other thing that I just learned about Zach, and it looks like they're going to keep coming today, keep them coming, Leslie, is that, and I did not know this about Zach. Zach is one of those guys. He's one of those annoying guys, John. He's one of the snooze button guys that snoozes like 50 times. How can you do that, Zach? You do, right? Like I said, if I'm on, I'm on. If I'm off, I'm snoozing every morning, so... And you go to bed at like at seven, seven at night. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and 
You still can't get up in the morning, brother? <laughs> it's because I'm in my REM sleep. Right? Good <laughs> Lord. You go to bed with the chickens. You wake up late and you snooze 50 times. Your wife's got to wake you up. Come on, man. He's just, he's got no response to that, John. He's just like, he's pissed right he's now. Just he's like, like, I'm not I, even going to, I think he, he, I think he looked right at now. Leslie probably over in the corner and told her, can you please not give them any more ammo? <laughs> I was actually, I'm getting like feedback. I think Riverside was glitching out. Yeah. I don't know if y'all are hearing yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Blame it on Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, to attend the Pool Nation Awards, you need to get tickets and you can go to poolnationawards.com and there's a button that says get tickets for Pool Nation Awards and you can click on that and get your tickets there or on the same page at the top. There's also a button that says free expo pass. You can click on that and it'll take you to the International Pool Spa patio site where you can register and get a free expo pass to get on the floor. And as you're going through that registration, you'll reach a step where you can choose any of the events you want to attend and just choose the Pool Nation Awards. And also, when you register at the show for an Expo Pass, there is a cost. And last year, it was $60. So make sure that you use the promo code POOLNATION in all caps, and you can get that Expo Pass for free. Hey, what's up, Corey? Big shout out to you, brother. Janie is saying, dress is secured, almost ready. Now she just needs shoes. So are we going to go shoe shopping this weekend, John? Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. We'll go shoe shopping this weekend. We'll do it So, there. Janie, don't buy the shoes there. Just Let's buy them in Texas when you come out this weekend because everybody – John's going to be out here this weekend. So we're going to have some playtime. Look, I just want to throw it out there and see how great of a husband I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. You are. You are. You bring her coffee. You take her shopping for the dress. Not only that, but she wanted uh, – from now on, it's nonstop from now until the awards for me. Oh yeah, you guys are slammed. We got flying out to Texas this weekend, right, to do the walkthrough at the new for the new house. The next weekend again, we're flying back out. We're going to be there for like four days. We're doing the closing, and then we have one more weekend, and then after that, we're at the the awards, and then the weekend following that, we're supposed to be moving out to parents. Anyways, it's really crazy. So Janie's like, "Look, I have it on the calendar that we're going down to Ontario Mills because we want to. We need to go shopping for a dress." And I'm like, "We got plenty of time." And she's like, "No, we don't. Watch, look, da 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 da." Holy shit, we don't have time. So we went down to Ontario Mills on Saturday, broke foot and all, walked Ontario Mills without a scooter for four hours, four and a half hours so that we can go shopping for Mama. And I just want to throw that out there on a broken foot. I did that. You are an amazing husband. Wow. He's absolutely wonderful. Best husband ever. Janie, by the way, you've only had one husband, so you can't kind of can't be saying best husband ever because you've only had one. So, so let's not throw that out there, okay? Or maybe we don't know. <laughs> wow, it's my turn now, right? Perfect, perfect. Oh Lord! Yeah. Hey Leslie, have you been out shopping for your dress? Let us know if you've been shopping for your dress. We want to make sure that you're ready for the Pool Nation Awards out there. Yeah, she has Zach. She has been. Yes, I think she's ordered several too and trying a bunch of different stuff. Nice, nice. I like that style. All right, guys, before we get started, I want to thank him with Ultimate Pull. He created a limited edition Pool Nation poll for us. We shared it on our Instagram Live. 
And if you have not checked it out, go check it out. They're right behind me right here in this picture. If you can see that, they are pretty darn cool. And by the way, Zach, John, I was talking to a pool pro from San Diego. He watched that Instagram live and he knows where Ken lives. So the live was over and he drove down to Ken's house for a pool. <laughs> no, you kidding me? That's awesome. And you told them, no, you have to wait and you have to pre-register at uh, pre-order it so that you can get it. But he was just ready to get the poll. So big shout out to Reyes, Reyes out there in San Diego for doing that. So the limited edition polls are available now to pre-order. You could go to ultimatepooltools.com and you can pre-order it there. There are only going to be 40 of them. So make sure you get out there and you do that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is that we are going to be doing, from our podcast last week, we're going to be doing a competition on Tuesday, November 15th from 12 to 2 at our booth at the International Pool and Spa Show. And what we're going to do is we're going to have people come in and record the intro to the Pool Nation podcast. So we're going to have a full-blown podcast set up. We'll have mics, we'll have the mixer, we'll have everything. And then Luke from the Splash podcast from Australia is going to be at our booth from 12 to 2. He's going to be our special judge. So he's going to pick who the winner is. And one lucky winner is going to win one of those limited edition ultimate polls. So here's what you need to do. All you need to do is show up from 12 to 2 on that Tuesday and then practice that intro, which we'll have a copy of it there. But go ahead and listen to the podcast, get that down. And what you can do is I'm the champion of Marco Polo. Zach's the fastest net. Oh, John's the fastest netter in the West. And Zach is a famous pool boy. So the question will be when you do the intro, what are you to be how do you say four people a, a, tri- a three is a trio so what's four a quattro foursome, <laughs> a, foursome? <laughs> a quattro that's yeah, a foursome weirdo a quattro. <laughs> i didn't want to say foursome because i know john would say something to me so i went with quattro so he would say it <laughs> a quattro so anyways you'll be able to go to the booth you'll be able to record we will pick a winner now john I need to ask you this because I got the post from Blu-ray about an early buy that they're doing, and I guess they have a new pro shop on their website. So now what the pool pros can do is the pool pros can go out there and they can register and create their account before they would just order and check out. But now it actually has an account where they can log in, they can see their past orders, and they can see their pricing and all that kind of stuff. And so did you see that, John? I did, and I actually got an email today, this morning, from Blu-ray, and I think everybody else who's made purchase, who's purchased any Blu-rays in the past have gotten the email. It was a mass email. But then after that email, a little birdie came. It was like around 6 o'clock in the morning. A little birdie came to my window seal and told me something. And I think, according to the birdie, right, on Monday, they're going to release special pricing in that. And I think it's going to be roughly about 46% below what wholesale pricing is, and this is for early buy. So allegedly, according to this birdie, some sources are saying something about for like the black pull up, the black Blu-ray XL will be $34.99 and the blue one will be $29.99. And forgive me for misspeaking on that portion. <laughs> That's, that was perfect. Wasn't <laughs> Poor Chris. I, well, you threw out the allegedly. So yeah, you're okay. You're covered. I did say allegedly. I did say allegedly. Oh, I like right? it. Well, it was a little birdie too. Who yeah. knows? 
right? You remember that? I don't think, see, kids these days, they don't want the little birdie. What's a little birdie? My mom and my dad would always say, the little birdie told me. Yeah. I'm sure you guys, it was the same. Or no, Zach, are you still too young for that too? Are you too young? I, I, Do you ever yeah, hear the little birdie I'm saying? Little birdie, yeah. Yeah, you heard that. Enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm dating well, myself. Zach is looking at you like so confused, like, what birdie is he talking like, about? Is that the same birdie <laughs> that Leslie says that a birdie came and told me that you didn't bring me coffee? <laughs> Do you guys have the same bird friend? What's right, going no. on? Oh. That little punk Which, bird. by the way, <laughs> I, I think now, I think Leslie's now going to start making fun of me because I've been making fun of Zach. And she's asking, when am I going to grow a beard? Leslie, I've been trying to grow a beard since ninth grade. <laughs> it's just not working for me. <laughs> so anyways, over here we have Jay Brakefield saying that he got an email. Jeanette saying that she got an email as well. So if you guys know anything more about the Blu-ray, let us know over here in the notes and we will keep that going. So keep your eyes out on Monday for that pricing. I guess the pricing will be out officially on that Monday. In the meantime, go to their website, register so that you can get that pricing. And let's see on Monday whether we had it right or wrong. So, all right, let's jump into this bad boy. Can we take a break? Look, I finally figured out why it's taken us so long to get through all these questions because, look, we're like 40 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even gotten to the questions yet. So I don't know what we got to do to shorten this up. Maybe after the awards, when all the housekeeping, all that extra stuff that we talk about. Because that's what it is. Now you have the awards and the sponsors and that. So if your birdie would stop coming, filling your head with stuff to talk about, (laughs) then (laughs) we need to shoot that bird. Next person to see it, please shoot that bird. So do you guys want to take a break real quick and then we'll get started? Do you want to go into the first question? Yes, we can see you. Mm-hmm. I just had a little technical thing that said that recording is stopped, but I think we're good. Okay. It's not just me. So what do you guys want to do? You want to take a word from our sponsors or you want to jump into the first one? Well, we have to take one. We're halfway through, right? All right. All right, guys. So let's do this. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to jump into that first question. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile, and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. 
Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Pivot how you clean pools. Debris that makes it to the bottom always enters from the surface. Clean from the top with Ariel, a smart solar-powered pool skimming robot. She works around the clock skimming pesky and fine debris off the pool surface. Tell your customers about Ariel and earn big commission on every sale. With advanced solutions like Ariel, you'll spend less time at the pools you service, improve customer relations, and increase your bottom line. Plus, pool owners will enjoy a constantly swim-ready and healthy pool and lower energy bills. Visit pivotpoolproducts.com slash dealers to see how much you can earn and for resources on how to get your customers to ditch the net for good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. We're talking to John. We're talking to Zach. We're answering your business questions. And believe it or not, we started chit-chatting there and then all of a sudden realized that we've been talking for 25 minutes without jumping and answering some of these questions. So anyways, big shout out over here to Howard Pringle. He's saying, hi, John. Hey, Howard. Let's jump into this bad boy. You guys have talked about setting goals. What would be the best way to do it? I'm going to be honest. I have so many things that I need to work on and I don't know where to start. Zach, let's start with you. Perfect. Setting goals is one of those things that's easier said than done because it involves making a plan and sticking to it. And we all know that when we're running our businesses, we get a lot of curveballs and distractions that knock us off course. So when it comes to setting goals, there's several different opinions and methods to it. And I think when you are first working on initially doing this, the main thing is to start small and make sure that your goals are achievable. Because if you dive in and you set these massive goals and you can't achieve them right away, you'll start to feel defeated or stuck. And that can be really, I guess, demotivating. And John has said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And this is exactly how you need to think when you are starting to set goals. Because it's good to have big goals, but you need to have multiple small and achievable goals. Because when you achieve a goal, it feels good, right? It's an accomplishment. And when you make a habit out of accomplishing things, you'll start to see that forward movement. You'll start to see that progression and that growth in your business. And then from there, you just continue to add on new goals and accomplish them. And something that I read was to not think of them as goals, but to make them targets. And that way you aren't giving yourself an out because a goal is exactly that. It's a goal. But a target is something that you have to shoot for and something you have to hit. 
And so if you're thinking of it as a goal, then you have one foot out the door. And I also read something about not making too many goals at once because we tend to overwhelm ourselves with 25 goals. We get this big list, we write it all down. And then at the end of the year, when we look back, we've only accomplished five things. When instead, if you were to look at it a little differently and maybe make two to three goals per quarter and start knocking those out and be super focused on that, at the end of the year, when you look back, you'll have accomplished 10 goals and you'll have more progression than you would have. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's the way that we need to not overwhelm ourselves and eat that elephant one bite at a time. I'm waiting for you, Edgar. I want to jump. Yeah, watch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for me to go. All right, John. I knew you wanted to jump in, so I was waiting to see if you were going to jump in. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Zach. Give us your thoughts, John. I have a little bit of a different thought towards like the amount of goals. And I think, and I'll get into that a little bit at the end of this, but when I hear goals automatically in my mind, when I think of things and how to set them and how to go about doing it, I'm go back to my retail days. And you might've heard of this acronym before Edgar in the hotel business, but what we used and our whole life was about goals, right? And that's what you do, right? Meeting certain metrics, right? Year over year, da 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 this is that. And we have to figure out ways that we can beat sales quotas, whatever it may be. So what we used was the SMART method. And for anybody that's listening, and it's real simple if you have any difficulties when it comes down to writing a goal or to setting goals for yourself, just write this word down, write down SMART. And then we'll define it right now. And then as long as your goals fit into this model, then I think you'll be off to a great start and you'll set yourself up for success because what Zach is talking about is true. These goals, you can't make them too broad. You can't overwhelm yourself with too many things. You can't set them out for too far in the future. It can't be too easy. There's so many different things that go into it. You make a goal when you make goals. So the way we used to teach it with the word SMART and what the S stands for is specific. So when you're creating a goal, you need to have a specific goal. That goal needs to be narrow so that you can create, so you can have effective planning around it, right? So not just, oh, I just want to be rich by the end of next year. That's not a specific goal. It's not very measurable, which is the next letter, M which means measurable. You need to define what you need in order to gauge that you're making progress in that goal. So whatever your goal is, you have to be able to measure the journey to it. So you know that you're on the right track, if that makes sense to you guys. The next one is A, which means attainable. Are you shooting for the sky? Are you living in a fairy tale? I want to be a trillion. I want to be richer than Bezos by next year. Is it possible? Maybe. Is it really attainable? Probably not. If you're just starting in the pool industry and you're saying, hey, I want to have 5,000 pools by the end of the year, my first year, that's probably not very attainable. So when you make your goals, the A stands for attainable. They need to be attainable. You got to make sure you can reasonably accomplish those goals within a certain time frame that you're going to set. R is relevant. And what I mean by that is the goal should be specific and relevant to what you're trying to accomplish for your business, right? It needs to be in some way. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to strictly be about pools. So 
there's a lot of things could be relevant. Like I'm not a morning person. Let's say if that's it, I'm not a morning person and I don't wake up early enough and I need to get up earlier because if I get up earlier, then I'm able to do so many more pools a day or whatever, because the sun goes down at five o'clock and I leave at 10 o'clock in the morning. And if I would have just left at seven o'clock in the morning, waking up early, that would be a relevant goal if that's what you're looking to do. So it just needs to be relevant in what you're trying to accomplish. And as long as it affects your business in a positive way in what you're trying to accomplish. And the last letter is T and it needs to be time-based. And this is very important. You need to set a realistic time frame for it. And it needs to also be ambitious, right? You have to walk this very carefully because you can't give yourself eight months to wake up on time, right? You're not really going to make it happen if you give yourself that much time to do it. If you set a realistic and an aggressive or an ambitious goal, but not too ambitious to where you're going to set yourself up for failure. That's what's very important. So you have to thread that needle really well. So I'm going to go over it again and I'm kind of recap it if you guys don't mind. So a smart goal is one specific, two measurable, three attainable, four relevant, and five time-based. I'm sorry, I'm reaching back into my brain to remember it. So if you guys stick with those rules, then whatever goal you set, you're going to find yourself in a much better position because it's just human nature, right? We talk about it. You have to be driven and you have to have some goals. You just can't wake up and just go to work or just own a business and run it. If you don't have an idea of where you're going and what you're doing, you're not going to make progress. And chances are you're probably going to make, you're going to take a couple steps back because you're going to be missing the boat on some things and you're not moving your business forward. I see that happening a lot in especially people that have been in the industry for a little bit of time. When you first get into it, you're gung-ho and you're ready to rock and roll and you're ready to do this, ready to do that. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But after you've been established, it's easy to become complacent and either you're being complacent or you just become jaded and grumpy and whatever and you're just satisfied. I think you should always continue to grow. You should always set goals. So When it comes down to the quantity that I was saying about Zach, that we differ a little bit is that, hey, I think you need to set a lot of different goals because one, you need to, especially the majority of your goals are long-term. Like when I say long-term, like two, three, four, five, six months out, that's a lot of work that you have to do because if you set them right, and it's going to take six months for you to finally see a progress or for you to be able to check off that goal and say, I accomplished it and do another one. As humans, we want things to motivate us, right? And if we set some goals that are smaller and many of them, and we start checking that off, and that we've completed it, it just motivates us more to do more, right? To reach our other goals. And sometimes, or actually not sometimes, but the majority of the time, even though you might set some little goals, those little goals, when you pile them on together, you do that little course correction. You know, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about, this was like two years ago when we were talking about when you're walking that course, if you don't have a clear vision of where you're going, just imagine walking blindfolded, right? Yeah. That one degree, if you're off course and you're not heading in the right direction, six months down the road, that little bit to the left, you are way over to where you don't need to be. Right. And now you got to course correct and come all the way back. So it's very important that you keep your eye on that prize and having those little small goals, those little course corrections here and there, those little things right there just help keep you in the right direction and move you forward. And then the last thing is goals change. So if you set a goal for six months and you see things that have just your business has evolved or market has evolved or something's happened, it's okay to change your goals, change timeframes or to readjust them or to completely get rid of them based off of your current need at that moment. 
So I know it's a lot to really think about, but I think it's probably one of the most important things when it comes down to running a business, because if you don't have any goals, then you have no direction. And if you're not striving for something, then what are you doing? All you're doing is just spinning your wheels and just getting by. And if you have that type of mentality and you're not focused to growing and becoming better, if especially if you have employees, your employees see that and they feed off that, you start to become jaded and you start to become like whatever. And it starts to show in your customer service, starts to show in whether you pick up the phone, starts to show how to interact with your customers, how you do so many things. So goals are so very important. And I don't mean to keep dragging this on, but I really want to land the message that when you set goals, no matter what they are, they just need to be smart goals and you need to have goals, period. If not, then you're not making the progress that you should be making. And it's going to take you much longer to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. So there you go. I want to jump in and ask, have you guys heard the term BHAG? Yep. I've heard of that too. Yep. Big, hairy, audacious goal. Do you feel that as business owners, I go back and forth on the achievable. And I think, like you said, having the, all the bites in between, but do you think we should have that big, hairy almost unrealistic goal at the top of it all that we're trying, the elephant, so to speak, that we're trying to get to. I think that if you are a business that has been established for a long time, you've built an established business and you got everything running and you want to create one of those big, hairy, audacious goals and do that as a personal goal? Absolutely. If you want to do a goal like that and just have it as like a, just like a personal thing, that's fine. But if you have employees and people that are working for you, I wouldn't put anything like that because you never want to set an expectation or you never want to set a goal to achieve something that can't be achieved or that won't be achieved or that is very hard to achieve because it's demoralizing for you and for your people. And then when you accept that you can't get it or you don't get it, then what ends up happening is you're condoning the failure, basically. And it's like, oh, yeah, we gave it a good shot, folks. You know what I mean? We tried, but we just couldn't get it. Well, then what's the difference between that goal and the other goal? Then how do you differentiate the difference between them? Maybe if you put, if you kept it to yourself and you did, that's great. But it doesn't really matter if, if you don't meet the goal that you set for yourself then it's demoralizing. It doesn't really matter. It's like, shit, why didn't I do it? I failed or I didn't get it. I didn't get it done. And are you really going to put 100% maximum effort into something that you think is unrealistic? Or are you really going to put all that effort into that type of goal when you have these obtainable goals that are smart, that you can achieve, that you can celebrate when you do achieve them? I don't know. That's just my mentality. And that's why I don't. We talked about that too in my past life. And I was never a believer of that. I believe shoot for the stars, but at the same time, I guess I'm too much of a realist for that. And I'm with you. And I've heard it a lot and a lot of different teachings suggest having that, but I've always went back and forth because then it's what's the line of realistic versus unrealistic. And then, like you said, if you're putting that out there for everyone else to know, and it is, you're not going to achieve it, then that demotivating defeat comes into play. But I do like what you said about a personal, having that personally, and then working towards it. Yeah, for sure. And I want to stress that these, and what's the most important part about setting these goals is the attainable portion of it, right? 
if they're not attainable, then you're setting yourself up for failure because like I said, you're going to let yourself down. You're going to set the precedent that it's okay not to meet the goals that are set forth for the company. And you can't play favors, right? You do one thing for one, you can't do for the other. If it's okay to not meet this goal, okay, but you know, Billy Bob, we didn't do this goal. I'm going to hold you accountable because we didn't reach this goal and you weren't doing what you needed to do. But it's okay that we didn't meet that one. No, how does that work? You know, it becomes confusing. So, and it's hard to hold people accountable and people don't take you seriously. That's my position on it. But there's two things for businesses and we'll backtrack them. But Zach, for us in hotels, we really didn't do a lot of long-term goals. And because when you have a long-term goal, a lot of things come up throughout the year in business that distract you and, and don't allow you to focus on achieving those goals. So what they used to do is they used to allow us, right? Because by nature, you want to go, okay, I want to have some goals that are long-term goals. But a lot of times they're very, they're lost very quickly. So what they used to do in the hotels is they would attach those to a bonus. And so they did that on purpose because they knew it's a long-term goal. There's a big chance that it's not going to get done. So how do we put an extra incentive to make sure that these people throughout the year are still focusing on those goals? And we have to be realistic, man. You can have a goal and all of a sudden you get a guy that quits or a guy that breaks his leg and then you're having to drop everything that you're go doing to go do that or somebody crashes a truck or whatever it is, right? I mean, we just came off of two years that was crazy in our industry that would have thrown any business upside down. So for us, a lot of it was we were allowed to set up to three long-term goals. Those long-term goals were attached to our bonuses, right? So that there's incentive for you to go get those done. And then a lot of it was short-term goals. And a lot of it was, let's go set out two or three short-term goals. And as soon as we finish those short-term goals, we're going to come up with another couple short-term goals. But what we would do is we wouldn't move on to the other goals until one of two things happened. One, we achieved the goal, or like John was saying, the goal either changed or it's a goal that we really don't need to do. So therefore, let's just get rid of it and let's have another goal in place. But if you think about it, to be successful in business, you require a couple of different things. You need to know your numbers, right? That's like up foremost, right? You got to be in business to make money. And two is you have to have a business that's going to continue to grow and improve. And the only way to do that is by having goals, right? And people will go and say, all right, well, let's put a business plan in place. Well, you can put a business plan in place, but in order to achieve the business plan, what is it that you need to do? You need to achieve the goals in order to complete the plan. As a business person, the big suggestion is, sure, have a long-term goal, two long-term goals, but get used to creating those short-term goals where you can go fix things in your business. And as soon as you, as soon as you finish those, then you jump into the next goals. And then what's going to happen is at the end of the year, you're going to take a step back and you're going to look and you're going to go, wow, we really made a lot of progress this year because we stick to those goals. And the other thing is that a lot of people make the mistake that they go, I'm going to create a goal and so I am solely responsible for that goal. And that's not the way it works. The way it works is 
you have a team, you have a company, the other people have to be part of that goal in order to help you achieve that goal. And normally what happens to a lot of people that get into the business at the beginning, they think that it's their 100% responsibility to get the goals, create the goals and make sure that the goals are, are achieved. And that's the wrong thing to do. Because if you have a team, everybody has to buy into some of these goals in order to achieve them. So that being said, one of my favorite things from Mike Bluff, and Mike Bluff talked about it on the podcast, and recently he did a post on this, and I love it. And that is, he did a post, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something about the fact that you have to have goals in order to succeed. You have to have goals in order to crush those goals in order to succeed. And then he goes, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And if you know Michael Bluff, you know that's the way that he does a lot of the business, right? He gets into a certain thing. He gets into that. He creates that goal for that, achieves it, and then moves on to the next thing. So when I saw this question, it was a very one of the first things that it made me think about a Michael Bluff and with that post and with him talking about achieving those goals and that if he could do it, anybody can do it. John's sitting there going, all right, Edgar, you, Edgar, you pulled the John. You just ran on, went on a rant. <laughs> no, I liked it. It's good. I knew you were going to jump in and I knew you were going to say something. I just want to put it. I mean, these goals are just so freaking important. They're just so important. Without it, you're, what are you doing? It's literally your compass. It's if you're not aiming towards something, then you're literally just spinning your wheels. And the big thing is people always say, oh, well, I have to have this. People get into business and they go, I need to have a business plan. I need to create. And people think that needs to be this 50-page business plan that they've seen taught everywhere or on the internet. And it's like, no, 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 no. Start with something small. Start with a small plan. Achieve the goals to that plan. And then like John, like you were saying, you're going to get used to hitting those goals and achieving those oh, goals. It's, it's going to get that machine just turning oh. It's addicting and it feels great, man, because you accomplished something, right? And you did it. It's not like I just, oh, I got through my day, right? No, but I, I got through my day and I did this or I'm that much closer. I'm this. It's like saving up for something, you know, that you really want to buy. And then you figure out whatever you need to do and you save up and you get what you need to do. And look, when I was a kid, I remember when computers first came out and I was in high school, I think, or middle school. I don't know, whenever it was. And here we go. I'm dating myself again. And I remember it was like a... DX1, 133 megahertz, whatever. And I really wanted a computer. And for school, 486s, okay. Back I, then they were 486s, I, um, John. I had convinced my parents <laughs> to give me like four bucks a day for lunch. And we, trust me, we, we were not rich by any means, but I convinced them to give me four bucks a day for lunch. And for a year and a half, I saved every dollar from my lunch so that I can put it aside and I can come up with, and I think at the time I had like 1200 bucks or something like that. And the computer I wanted was like $1,600 or 1800 at the time and brought it to my dad and my mom. And I was like, this is what I got. And we'll put in the rest to get you that computer. But man, I felt like I had a goal, right? And I just said, okay, I need to come up with 1600 bucks. Okay, great. What do I need? No, man, every day it was okay, dude. I'm going to starve. I'm gonna, like, when you came home, I would eat like a monster. <laughs> I was so hungry. <laughs> or in the morning, I would eat right before I went. And because I knew I would starve myself. I, 
I know what I'm going to do, Zach. I know what I'm going to do when he comes out to eat with us. Every time he starts eating like that, I'm going to give him four dollars. And man, boy, did it feel good! And saving up that money, and saving up that money, and saving up that money, and reaching that goal, right? And but that's what it is. It's infectious. And you set these goals, and you set these smaller goals, but multiple goals. And once you get one, you feel good. You knock that off, and then you're off to the next one. You knock that off, off to the next one. You knock that off, and then especially if all those goals align with each other, when you usually, if you're doing the goals correctly, then usually when you accomplish one goal, it's putting you further ahead in progress for the next goal, right? And then when you finish that one, you're even closer to get into that one and to that one and that one. And then it's great. And then you can set up, it is infectious. That's a good way to put it. It's infectious. It's really infectious. So over here, I have Corey Wax saying, personally, I aim high in regards with goals with the expectation of not hitting the mark, but fully willing to unpack and learn where I came up short and how I came up short. I tried to have and keep the perspective of a failure is really a learning lesson and which each lesson comes an opportunity. Agree. Absolutely. Great point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into the next question. I am looking to hire my first employee. How can I make sure that I am attracting the right person or the right candidate? Zach, I'm going to let you jump into this one first. Okay. So I think one of the first things that you need to do is look at the environment you're bringing them into. And I actually, this was first pointed out to me, I believe it was Leanne when we had her on the podcast, the first time she talked about that and it's stuck with me since. And so what I try to do, and I think everyone should do is put themselves in the shoes of a potential candidate and take a look at your environment from their perspective And I'm not necessarily saying like a building or shop or whatever, just look at the environment you're bringing them into and how they would perceive that. And is it clean? Is it professional? Does it give them the impression that they have room to grow and that this could be a long-term opportunity for them? Because the reality is people want to grow and they want to better themselves and they want to better their financial situation. And if the first impression they get is that there is nowhere for them to go, or nowhere for them to advance to, they will most likely look for somewhere else. And I think this is a big thing for retention too, because on the flip side, they may actually take the job and sign up with you, but they may start immediately looking for that next better opportunity for them. And once they find it, they may jump ship and move on. And I also think this could work in deterring the wrong candidate. And this would probably be more for if you have a location, you're doing interviews further along in that journey. But if you build an environment that is in line with your culture, something professional, something positive, and somehow highlights the values that you believe in, I think that someone that may be the wrong candidate that comes into that environment and they see that and they feel that, they may pass on the job of their own choosing because they probably feel like they're not going to fit into that environment and it may save you some headaches. And I don't know if there's anything actually to that, but I feel like there could be. And I want to go into the job ad. The job ad is a super important tool for attracting the right candidates because that's what the question's about is attracting the right candidate. And I recommend that anyone that's getting to that point of hiring and putting out an ad and trying to find that right candidate, go online, do some research, go to Indeed. I do this all the time. Look at different job ads from different companies. It doesn't have to be the pool industry and see what people are writing. And you will find periodically some very creative job ads. 
And that's what you want to work on is how to speak to that potential candidate and how to bring them through your doors. And the last piece of advice that I'll kind of offer on this is try to think about the characteristics and the traits of the person you're wanting to hire. And I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people, they say, how do I attract the right candidate? But do you really know what the right candidate is? Do you really know what it is that you're looking for? And we tend to get hung up on the things we know and we start looking for someone that has water chemistry experience or mechanical experience, which is helpful to the position. But I think that we should be looking at things like do they have what it takes to work outside in the elements? And are they able to professionally communicate with customers? Or do they have critical thinking and problem-solving skills? Are they friendly? Are they polite? Whatever. Do they have a history of being dedicated to a job? Because I have tons of people, and I'm sure y'all have sat across the table from people, and they have that pool experience, but they're definitely not the ideal candidate for what we're looking for anyway. So I think the first step is to really put some thought into the phrase, the right candidate and what that means to you and your business, and then do some research on this topic. I Google search, start reading about it. And especially today, because today's labor market is changed significantly in the last two years. It is a whole different ball game on the mindsets of the people that are looking for jobs. And you have to be able to communicate to those people. And it can be very frustrating and it can take a lot of work and a lot of thought on your part. But put in that work and don't just hire the first person that sits down and they know how to brush a pool and they know how to net out leaves and they've done it for a year. Because like John said, you can pay the neighbor kid 10 bucks an hour to do all that. You want to look at the characteristics and the traits of that person that you're looking for. That was a home run right there. Grand slam. Zach, that was perfect. My marker was click, 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 click. My new marker feature. Thank you. I mean, you ditto, right? <laughs> you literally hit just about every single portion of it. And you and I got to take some tips on you because you were able to do it in less than five minutes. Or it would probably take me 15 minutes to get that point across. But <laughs> no, you nailed it, brother. 100%. Look, and you have to look at what is being asked in this question, right? Because we can venture off and go and get into the weeds about a thousand different things. But when you're talking about if you're looking to hire your first employee, how can you make sure that you are attracting the right person or candidate? I would say you can't make sure that you're doing any of those, but you can put things in place and everything that Zach said to help set yourself up for success, right? Instead of failure. The truth is that unless you hit the lotto, you're going to run through employees. You're going to run through many employees and how bad your turnover is, right? There's some things that you can do to help. You're going to have turnover. There's things that you can do to help lower that turnover percentage or that level. And all of it goes into just how you present yourself because just from the Indeed ads or how you're going about looking for your employee, right? You want to create an environment that people want to work for. You want to be a boss that people want to work for. You want to create an environment that people want to work in. People are a product of their environment. If you're chaos, then that's what you're going to get. And that's what you're, that's the type of behavior that you're going to say is okay here in my, uh, my company, right? If you're structured and you have your stuff together and you got stuff dialed in and you hold people accountable and you have goals and you have expectations, you do stuff like that. Like Zach was talking about, you are not only going to attract great employees or 
employees that are more like what you want, but you're also going to demotivate others that are looking for, for an easy gig, you know, and say, hey, look, this isn't the place for me because I know I'm going to be fired. It's not going to work out because I don't want to be controlled or I don't want to be managed. This is a very important question, right? And it, this is this makes or breaks a lot of companies. I'll put it like this, especially if you look at it in the perspective as a business owner and you're looking to hire your first employee, that employee is an extension of your company. And the way they represent themselves is a direct reflection of how your company and how your market and how your clientele and the city you work for, how they perceive you and your company and the damage that, and I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but this is just the truth here. The damage that they can do can be irreparable. And we talk about, I've said this before, right? A reputation takes years to create, right? But one day to screw up. And if you're just hiring somebody just to hire them, right, because they, they breathe on a mirror and you're in trouble and, and they're fogging it up and they're fogging up. Okay, no, 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 no. Because trust me, it's better to cut the 10 pools that you can't do or the 15, 20 pools that you can't do because you're overwhelmed than to just to put somebody in there to screw it up. Because trust me, the yeah, it will. So it's just super important. Listen to exactly what Zach said. He nailed it 100% on the head. Just be very careful and cautious. This is a pivotal point in any business. And whoever answered, asked that question, congratulations that you're looking to hire a new employee or for your first employee. It's a very big step. And once you get through it, and I hope you do, it, it'll become a lot easier after that. I promise. That first employee is always the toughest. Yeah, and you could do all of those things. You could do them all exactly right. You could have the best job ad. You could have the best environment. And you're going to get people that will get through. They will fall through the cracks and they will get in there. And it's on us as business owners to realize that and then quickly cut ties and move on. And I've had, we've all had bad hires. And I can't say that my first few were the best, but at some point you do have to take that leap and it's not intended to put you in the mindset of over preparation to the point where you just lock up and you don't ever take that jump. Cause at some point you got to do it, but you just have to put those things in place. Like John said, to minimize and to lessen that and make it easier for you. And then if you get someone through the door and they're not a good fit, then they're not a good fit and it's time to move on and learn from that failure. As Corey was saying. Yeah. Yeah, don't compromise either. Stick to your guns, right? There's non-negotiables and there's things that you're looking for. Do not compromise. And you can't win them all. It just And it doesn't matter how experienced you are at it, okay, and how good you think you are and how many people you think you've hired. You will have people that will interview well. You, you thought that there were great candidates. You're thinking that this person is a great person. Zach, you hear me talk to you about this all the time, and people go – oh my God, I just hired this person and they're so freaking awesome and I love them and I think they're it. And I go, talk to me in 90 days. And no, but I think this person, talk to me in 90 days. I tell you all the time, people don't tr show them true selves as an employee until at least 90 days have gone in. And I'm telling you this by experience. I hired a lot of people that I thought were gonna be the next greatest thing. And 30 days into it, they turn out to be a nightmare. They turn out to be the worst hire that I probably could have done. And then I'd sit there and beat myself and be like, how did I not see through this? How, how did I end up with 
a star employee for 30 days and a nightmare employee from 30 to 60 days. You are going to be in situations where you unfortunately hire the wrong person. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, my wife hires people all the time. They're not all winners. So you just have to do that. I am going to share a number with you here in a minute, Zach. I was talking to Leanne about last night, but Jason over here, exactly. Character is a determining factor. Change the environment equals change the behavior. And that's true. That's huge. You change the environment, you change the behavior. And Mr. Joel with Hakulea Pools. What's up, brother? Big shout out to you out there. I want to jump in and tell you that after having those conversations and going through that, that is one of the best things or tools or things that I've learned is that 90 days and having that patience to just sit back. I don't treat anyone any differently, but mentally I am more reserved on making assumptions on this is going to be the the next 10 year employee. And it gives you a clearer mindset because you're not you can start to, I don't know how to say it, but you start to look at things and recognize things that you normally wouldn't see if you're hung up in the, this is it, this is going well. And then all of a sudden at a hundred days, you're blindsided and like, what's going on? So I think it's very important because we get in the rush, like John said, if they can breathe and there's breath on the mirror, they're good to go. And we tend to overlook a lot of the red flags that are actually just right in our face. Look, you made a great point, and I know we keep going on this. So here we go, two questions in, right, and we're stuck. And I think this is all it's going to be, but this is a great question, and I think we need to dig down a little bit deeper here. A good friend of mine, I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, just like what you said, Edgar and Zach and your guys' situation, where he just got on the – where he was going to hire new employees again, and he wants to bring employees on for his company, and he's been through – he hired one, and – I remember it was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread and it was all good and all good. And oh my God, oh my, this is just going to be so perfect and all that. And I'm like, dude, I go ease up on the expectation. And then it didn't work out. Right. And the second employee came in. Oh, this guy was even better than the first guy. Right. And oh, he's going to be my service manager. And he's going to, he's oh going to run God, the company. That, oh my God. And I said, hold on. You got to set expectations and you got to be realistic on what you're expecting from them because you have no idea this quickly into a new hire. And what you were saying, Zach, and it's true, is like, look, I mean, again, I always like to default back to human nature because I'm huge on this. And I think that everything we do, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, when you deal with people, you're dealing with humans. And the human psyche and understanding humans and how they think and what they do consciously and subconsciously is very important. And if you don't, if you don't get a good grasp on that, not that anybody's ever perfect at it, but that's my love is understanding the brain and understanding people. Because when you have a better understanding of people, trust me, things go well, right? And you, you see things a lot clearer in life. You don't set yourself up for failure, right? And you are realistic with things. And it helps you business-wise with your clients, with your family, with your kids. So, again, when it comes down to the human psyche and the, the way the human wires, the, the brain is wired, it's just like imagine like you're on a motor. Here's an analogy, right? When you're on a motorcycle and they say, you look where you want to go and that's where, you're, that's where your brain is going and that's where the motorcycle is going to go, right? You tend to go that you, wherever you're looking when you're walking, you're, tend, you're going to tend to go that way. So if you're constantly thinking or you're constantly, this guy's the greatest or this girl's the greatest in the world, you start to overlook the obvious things, right? And the the bad ones, or you try to make excuses for, oh, it's, oh, and okay, no, because he's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then you start to settle 
again, you start to condone this type of behavior, right? That is just not healthy. And if you tone down your expectations, and that doesn't mean expect always the worst. I mean, you hear the saying, expect the worst, hope for the best. But in almost you've got to be that way and go, hey, look, I know that the odds are against this person from succeeding or being great. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to arm them and give them all the tools they need so they can be successful in the job that I've hired them to do. But I'm going to be a realist here and I'm not going to forget the things that I've learned in the past, because, you know, when you see one person doing something and then you see someone else start to do, there's a trend. It happens, right? You got to pay attention to these things. And if you put, turn a blind eye to it, or you pretend like it's not, oh, it's different with this one. It's bullshit. It's different with that one. And you're only going to hurt yourself. So I can't stress enough when it comes down to just being a, being realistic. It's, it falls back to goals again. Set a goal with your employee and set a smart goal with them and where you expect them to go and where you expect them to be and be realistic. If they can't wire up an automation in in the second month that they're there, I mean, and you're not going to beat them up for it, right? Be realistic here with what you expect them to learn based off of where they're at. I I could go on and on about this, but it's just very important that you set, you don't set yourself up for failure and then you don't get blindsided or you don't disregard reality because of your hopes and dreams or your imagination of how great this person could possibly be. Zach, last night I was in bed, kind of going through, I was doing some work till I was up probably till like 1230. And then at about 11 o'clock at night, at night, Leanne had already fallen asleep. And so I jumped on my phone and I was doing a little search and I came up on an article and I went, holy crap. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And without noticing, well, it was late. She was asleep. I said, oh, my God, Leanne, did you see how much Amazon attrition is per year? (laughs) And she is completely asleep. And she's like, what? What? What's the matter? What? What? And I'm like, did you read this article? Did you see how much their attrition cost them per year? Eight billion dollars in attrition. Eight billion billion, billion with a B in attrition every year. And we're having this conversation and that's what it makes me think about. It makes me think about the culture and the turnover and the losing of the employees and that big, huge mess that you have when you don't set goals and change and fix things on a machine that big, guys, because that's a huge machine with deep pockets. So for them to have an $8 million, $8 billion, see, $8 billion attrition just tells you that sometimes even the biggest don't always have it all figured out. So you say that, and it reminds me that my first year goal when I started this company was $8 billion. But <laughs> remember, smart goals. Here I am. Zach. Man. Smart goals. What happened? <laughs> and we're talking about Amazon's eight billion attrition, right? Their attrition is eight billion when you wanted to make eight but billion. It just goes to show you, like, I don't want to call it a facade, but it's oh. they're good at attracting people and they're good at making it look I mean, I don't know how many people that's the better opportunity for them, then by all means go and we'll talk in a year. It's cheaper to keep a right, cheaper to keep her sometimes. That saying that you hear and when we looked at our P&L and we talked about what we had an exact dollar amount that it cost us to hire 
to train, to outfit a new employee and what it took to put them, to, to put them through it. And that's why it's very important that you bring on the correct people and you have an environment that they want to stay working for. You know, you're always going to have turnover, right? But the hidden cost of turnover on the back end, we used to think that we used to say, I think it was like hiring an employer, a full-time employee, bringing them on cost a company like something like fifteen to $20,000 is what we lost from, from turnover. And if there was a way that we can work or build from where they were at, right, and get them to stay there, it, we saved like $20,000 in the back end from losing them. And it, those are like un, unheard of costs that were people that really don't pay attention to. And there's really not a number on your P&L that talks about that. On a big company like Amazon, I mean, I could see, I, I mean, I could see it, right? I mean, you see stuff in the news too, especially, right? When Something has to give when you're that big and they need to strive to be the lowest price leader. They want to be the biggest, right? And they got to rush their, I mean, God, they're not letting, apparently let employees go to restrooms or whatever. And they're cutting these things down, doing stuff like that. I can see where people get a little upset, don't want to work there anymore. And maybe they're a little bit higher than some, but don't think for one second, they don't account for it. And they don't have that priced into, they do, but it's a bonkers number though, right? $8 billion. It's just, it is, dude, it's nuts. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Number eight billion dollars. That's insane. That's insane. That's nuts. That's a sliver of it, right? What did they make? Like thirty-three billion dollars in profit, or some crazy thing like that. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. <laughs> 
Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing needs 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Pivot how you clean pools. Debris that makes it to the bottom always enters from the surface. Clean from the top with Ariel, a smart solar-powered pool skimming robot. She works around the clock skimming pesky and fine debris off the pool surface. Tell your customers about Ariel and earn big commission on every sale. With advanced solutions like Ariel, you'll spend less time at the pools you service, improve customer relations, and increase your bottom line. Plus, pool owners will enjoy a constantly swim-ready and healthy pool and lower energy bills. Visit pivotpoolproducts.com slash dealers to see how much you can earn and for resources on how to get your customers to ditch the net for good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. If you have been watching me, I'm sorry. We were having a behind-the-scenes conversation making fun of poor John, me and Zach, and I just we're both crying over here. Wow. Wow. Guys, just to let you know, I get asthma when I laugh to the extremes. And I'm like at that point where I'm just like starting to wheeze. I can't even get my composure. That was, dude, that was the. Oh my God. So, John, you know what? We love you, brother. That was awesome. That what you sent me. That was unbelievable, dude. I got me dying. <laughs> I think we're all tired. It's what it is. Anyways, gentlemen, let's get some final thoughts. Zach, let's start with you. So great conversation. And I know we could all go on all night on that stuff and just so much good stuff to get into that we didn't even touch on. But I kind of want to take a turn from that conversation. And I just want to say that if you're going to go to the Pool Nation Awards, now is the time. Even if you're not going to go to the awards, but you're going to go to the international show, now is the time. I mean, you've got to get on it. It is just a few weeks away or what, five weeks or something like that. And it's going to fly by so fast. Four weeks. See, there we are, four weeks. And with that, I have to go work on my stuff for the show. So good night. John, final thoughts? You know, my final thoughts are always almost the same when we have these types of podcasts. And it's it's me saying... I love these types of podcasts, right? And these questions, this is what really gets me going. And even for some that this is the type of stuff that gets me motivated and I get riled up over this and I'm probably going to stay up until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm pumped up and call it weird and call me goofy and call me a geek or whatever you want to do it. But I, this is the type of shit that gets me going. And you better believe it when I get off this podcast and sometimes I got to remind myself and when these questions come up and I got to talk because it doesn't matter how good you think you are or how much you think you know or how much you've been through and what experience you have. There's a time in our lives that we're all going to take our foot off that gas pedal a little bit, right? And sometimes we need to reevaluate and we need to stomp on that gas pedal again and figure out and go, hey, look, I'm motivated and you better believe it. We're going to go hit our whiteboard and we're going to start. We're going to throw up a couple more goals up there 
and get things going because it's important. Even with all this crap that's going on that we have going on right now, we're, I feel like I'm in the circus. And Edgar, I know you're the same way. And Zach, I know you're busy as hell too. And we're all like spinning all these wheels. And we got our one more thing to add onto the plate, but it's it's necessary because if we don't, then that's business, John. That's business. That's life. I think a lot of people sit there and go. Oh, well, I want to have a business where I don't have to work a lot or I don't have to worry a lot or I have the dream that everybody has that I own a business and I work 10 hours a day. And it's, you know what, dude, that's not reality. Reality is the bigger your business, the bigger the worries, the bigger the plate, the more plate spinning and stuff like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And definitely not going to be great at what you do if you're not giving it 100% every single day. So, but anyways, again, I love these types of podcasts. We only got through two questions, I think. Is that what we did? Two questions again? Two <laughs> questions. Talk. Two questions. Hour and a half worth of talking. We're going to have to do like a quick rapid fire round episode. Yeah, we're going to have to do something because we've been talking for an hour and 26 minutes here already. And so getting through this podcast to edit it. And these questions are piling up. I do want to say, because I think I love it. If you guys have any other questions, trust me, we will get to them. And those of you that have gone and submitted questions, we don't just put them to the wayside or think that they're not important. We just, we go by list, right? Or by order. And sometimes that list builds up a little bit, especially when you got these three knuckleheads jibber jabbing for an hour and a half over two, two questions. But we don't want to do it any injustice. We think it's very important. And getting the perspective from three different people that have gone through three different journeys, had all trying to head to the same place is enlightening for many. And I promise that a lot of the things that we talked about today, if you put them in action, it'll definitely put you in the right, in the right position. I am going to agree with Zach. So if you are going to go to the Pool Nation Awards, now's the time to set that up. So technically, Zach, there's four weeks, but you've got three weeks left to be able to line everything up to go. If you're going to go to the awards, you do need a ticket. You can't get in without a ticket, right? So that we will have that count of people that are going to be there. So go to the Pool Nation Awards, get your tickets to be able to go, because at some point before the show, we will cut off the tickets because you know we'll need to know how many people are going yeah i don't think people the, those that didn't show up last year right i mean think about it. we have like 200 people already yeah we have 200 that, yep. 200 people is a lot of people that's crazy think about that and we know there's going to be a rush of people coming towards the end but there's going to be a cutoff where we're just not going to be able to have people to show because we want everybody to have a chance to be there trust me it'll be worth it and it's all about the pool professional and that's why we do it right for the pool pros and the pool girl pool girls and pool boys out there or how edgar would like to say it, the pool boys and pool girls it's going to be amazing the, the people there that are going to be there so it'll be awesome it is going to be amazing anyways gentlemen i hope that you guys have a good night we will catch you maybe on wednesday right john because we might not have a podcast uh, on instagram live based on what time i get into las vegas because i'll be going tomorrow to las vegas to go check out the venue and work on some stuff so we will keep you updated. We'll post on Instagram and let you know whether we will be there or not. So anyways, guys, thank you so much. Have a great night and we'll talk soon. Bye guys. Good night. See ya. Thanks for listening to the pool nation podcast, a member of the pool nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9am Pacific, 11am central and 12 noon Eastern standard time. 
You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.